Fun fact, my competitive point total in basketball is three. It happened when I was about nine years old, and I'm very proud of them. These days, I'm not necessarily a legend of the court, but I certainly care about what I put on my feet. And it's that part of the apparel world, footwear, which has developed a cult following. I've got somebody on today who can tell me more about it as well as the world of influencers within it on this authentic avenue. Footlocker, an American sportswear and footwear giant that keeps sneakerheads, athletes, and beyond always coming back for more. Today you'll meet Sarah Hausnett. She's their senior director of influencer marketing and PR. A recent honoree of PR Week's 2020 40 Under 40 list, Sarah has been overseeing Footlocker's influencer program since mid-2019. Since then, she's steered that ship through two halves of the program's life, not just pre-COVID and post-COVID, but also through cultural events, which have sat particularly closely to the group of creators and partners to which Foot Locker aligns. We talk more about that on this show, as well as what makes sneakerheads particularly good influencers instead of just content posters or paid spokespeople. And we also talk about what Foot Locker has in store for that program once 2021 is upon us. I like this company a lot. I think Foot Locker does a lot of things right, and Sarah certainly has a lot of expertise, so I hope you enjoy it. Without further ado then, sit back, relax, you know what, get on your feet, actually, and listen in as I get real with Foot Locker and Sarah Hausnecht. Be honest with me. How strong is your shoe game? If it's not, that's all right. You can admit it. My, my shoe game's not the strongest. I know somebody who works with a lot of people whose shoe game is very strong, and it's part of our budding influencer series here. I have on the show today, Sarah Hausnecht from Foot Locker. Sarah, thank you so much for joining me. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me, Adam. It's my pleasure. I'm a big fan of Foot Locker. I've done interviews with Foot Locker before, and I'm glad to now have your specific perspective as we knew each other a little bit from that past life. But today we get to sit directly in your court, to use the the wordplay, and learn a little bit more about how you approach this world. Now, listeners, Sarah is a uh, household name and influencer herself, having recently landed in the last couple months on the 40 under 40 list for 2020. So lots of credibility up front. And of course, now leading the effort for a brand for whom this year has proven uh, to be an interesting set of circumstances, because not only does it normally restrict the types of things that you would love to do with influencers, especially in an in-person capacity, but what's been happening this year includes events that, as we'll get into, sit close to the creators and influencers that you tend to work with. But we will get to all of that in due time. The first thing that I want to learn from you is, given the fact that you've worked for a couple places, how you landed on your feet, so to speak, at Foot Locker. Can you tell me what drew you in? Sure, yeah. Uh, so when you really look back at my career, uh, what the common thread you would find is really sports. For me, you know, we all spend a ton of time in our day jobs. I think it's very important that everyone really finds something they're passionate about because it takes up such a huge part of our lives. Uh, so with that, you know, I grew up playing sports, I played in college, and I knew I wanted to keep sports, particularly basketball in my life long after my playing days. So I, I really started my career down at ESPN Wide World of Sports at Disney World, um, worked on some 350 annual events there, and just an absolutely awesome experience. It actually led me to my next job, which was at a sports PR agency here in New York. Um, from there, really found my way to Foot Locker. And what's been awesome about Foot Locker is it's, it's really been such a place to keep sports in the mix, but really learn so much more about footwear and retail and just corporate America. 
so have loved it. And it's been just an awesome place to grow and learn. I really started with the company in a public relations only capacity. Um, the influencer marketing team is only about a year and a half old here at Foot Locker. So it's been really exciting to sort of flex that muscle and really grow and develop what influencers can do for our business. Um, you know, I would say prior to the team really being formed, there was many hands in the proverbial proverbial cookie jar, if you will. Um, so whether that's the content team, the social team, or really my PR team, I would even say sometimes our product buyers are even in the mix, knowing many of these creators are making their own products now as well. So it's been a very exciting year and a half just shaping this team, and we've got a long ways to go. Yeah, that's something I want to talk about a little bit as well. Those creators having their own product lines, how that becomes uh, a part of the fold. But let's focus on that program having been just about a year and a half old now, because of course you've seen it for the entirety of its life. It begins in mid-2019 and the goals are what exactly? And I want to start with this chapter because of course, halfway through its now life, the big 2020 events start to occur. So how how did it start off and where did you really dig your feet in to begin the program? Yeah, I would say one of the main objectives in 2019, knowing we had really just about half a year to even get our feet wet, really just formalizing a strategy and a process for how we work with this audience was really important for us. Um, again, with many different teams sort of playing in this space beforehand we were finding that different groups were actually interacting with the same people, but in very different ways. Some teams might've been asking them uh, if they were interested in different products fully in kind. Other teams might've been paying them one fee while a different team was paying them a much smaller fee. And really there was no clear process of how to go about it. Um, Even when you factor in different managers, all of these influencers now seem to work with managers themselves as well. So some people had direct lines to the talent while others were going through the manager. It just was not a clean process. So I would say 2019 for us was really getting our ducks in a row and and just figuring out best ways of working. Um, You know, we really looked in the later part of 2019 to set forth a strategy for 2020. And the interesting part about Foot Locker, which I'm sure many people know, um, but maybe not, is that we're a family of brands. So it's Foot Locker, Kids Foot Locker, Lady Foot Locker, Champ Sports, East Bay, and Foot Action. And really the influencer team and the types of talent they work with means something very different to each business. So when you think about a strategy, each one of those brands needs its, its own sort of specific ways of working with those talent. And you really want to carve out clear voices of who makes best sense for that business and that consumer that will translate back to um, really our brand voice. The, the second sort of interesting piece is that we're retailers, right? So we sell other people's products. So when you think about partners that you're choosing, you need them to not only be willing to wear the products, but really speak to the, the brand voice and how that translates, because it's not always as crystal clear as like the Nike swoosh on the side of the shoe, right? Totally. Yeah, we really need people that understand our brands and can translate that back to their audience. That is interesting to me only because as somebody who uh, does not know the ins and outs of every single shoe, it's not my life, um, it would be very hard for me to explain something about a shoe other than to say, 
uh, it looks really nice, you know. Now, granted, these creators that you work with surely know a lot more about that, and so perhaps uh, we'll we'll ask about that in in just a second. But this program at Foot Locker and all of its labels, uh, all of its banners, had a very strong start. Again, with these goals and objectives that you put in mind, and then boom, 2020 hits, and two things in particular completely uh, change everything, especially in your world. Obviously, COVID, you know, things people are staying at home. They, you know, they're not probably not participating in in, in sports or, or as many things where uh, the product becomes really, really helpful. But at the same time, you have this massive social movement. Uh, the most recent iteration of Black Lives Matter, of course, didn't start this year. It started many, many years ago. But that social injustice and the push for change there was also an area where a lot of brands started to talk. Now, in my opinion, some of them postured and some of them actually acted. But regardless. This was a, a movement and a moment which was particularly close to some of the partners that you had. I would love to learn a little bit more from you about how that impacted things, especially with just basically half a year under the program's belt of forming and probably, you know, halfway through the, the first year strategy, maybe totally turning upside down. How did you continue to steer the ship given all that? Yeah, two very different challenges that we faced over the course of a short time period. But I think we are able to find some positives in both and really um, lean into them in new and exciting ways that our community, both influencers and consumers, really resonated with. Um, specifically to some of the social justice movements that we've seen over the past few months, uh, Foot Locker Inc. has really responded in such an exciting way, and it's been a, a really awesome time to be with the company to see them take this stand. Um, you know, over the next five years, we've committed $200 million to the Black communities, and this could be internal or external. It's, it's meant to serve both our associates as well as the consumers we serve. Uh, and that will really come to life, not through donation, but really through reinvestment into the community. So whether that's through economic development or education or leadership, we want to really make sure that we're reinvesting into the community so that those dollars go much farther than just the next five years that we're talking about. And different ways in which we'll do that, you know, it may come to life through scholarship programs, but it also may come to life through the different business partners we choose to work with. And our influencers are a huge piece of that. It may also be, you know, agency partners or our different creative resources, um, Black-owned businesses. But really, from an influencer perspective, we want to make sure the influencers we're choosing reflect the consumers we're serving. Um, so it's been a huge push for us to make sure that our influencer community is incredibly diverse in many ways, but really making sure over the course of this year that we are including Black influencers in our content but then also asking really what is their creative point of view on how they want to bring these ideas to life. Um, you know, over the summer, some may be familiar with Because Sneakers, it's really Foot Locker's brand mantra. We did some great content over the summer that was really led by a number of Black creators, entrepreneurs, and even athletes um, called Because Black Lives Matter. And it was a, basically a social series of live Instagram discussions um, that were really led by these creatives and touched on issues that are way more important than just footwear, honestly. So it was really exciting to see the brand um, take that on in a, a really important way and, and give those creators an even bigger platform to have their conversations. Um, on the COVID side, I think we had to really think about 
how can we engage our influencers in ways that don't necessarily require them to leave their homes? Um, So there's been a number of different creative ways that we've been able to do that. I would say right out of the gate, we um, did some a platform called House Kicks. So really thinking about how do sneakerheads um, really make the best use of their collections while still in their homes. So this was a really awesome UGC program where we used our influencers to as really a call to action to have our consumers show off their kicks in their house. And it really did bring forth some pretty incredible content, both from influencers and consumers. Um, more recently, we had to think about our holiday program in a, a very different way. Um, normally, for those that are familiar with Week of Greatness of years past, this year we actually extended that story and called it 12 Days of Greatness. And those 12 days extend really over what we call the big six, um, the six weeks leading up to Christmas. Uh, so really kicking off Black Friday, how do we tell this elongated product story? And normally we would really launch something like that with a launch event with both media and influencers. Uh, this year we couldn't gather people. So what we ended up doing was a, a virtual gifting suite. It was basically a locked site where we exclusively invited people to come shop uh, for their holiday styles. And ultimately, they got a sneak preview of the 12 Days of Greatness collection, and they got to choose the items they wanted to be gifted or wishlisted for their quote-unquote Christmas gift from Foot Locker. Um, so definitely a very different approach, but really the, the same uh, great type of content that will come out of it as it, we would get with an in-person engagement. So you figured out ways to create proxies for these otherwise wonderful but live you know or in person or or otherwise involved events and you have been able to do so through all of these things going on and by the way have made some pretty significant crazy huge actually contributions to the community so i don't mean for this to be a weighted question but i do wonder because you had to change almost everything while keeping the same message through the year 2020 in retrospect now that we're in the month of december burden or blessing Oh, gosh. I, I mean, personally, I would say just such an incredible blessing. Um, and I think it's it's been really a creative blessing and challenge all in one for our, our teams here at work. Um, you know, our business has stayed incredibly strong through this. And I think it shows the resilience of the, the internal team. And uh, it also shows just the absolute passion for the sneaker industry. There's um, such a sort of cult following for sneakers. And it's it's really exciting to see the industry stay really strong through such a difficult year. Um, but I would, I would definitely say this year has come with challenges that I um, wish would end very soon. <laughs> but right, right, okay. I, the way it was, it was a, a great year on many fronts for sure. Well, that's wonderful. And the fact that you're still able to, even at home, work with these partners so strongly is, yes, a similar blessing. Though, Maybe I'll say the quiet part out loud. I'm sure there are points this year where you're like, God, this just sucks. You know what I mean? Right. Just like your days, you know, your days become long. Everybody's now working from home. You and I and everybody else on this podcast knows that means you're working longer than the normal, you know, your productivity is supposed to go. So anyway, it's good to know that in retrospect, though, you've learned a lot. You've become adaptable to change more so than you were before. And again, that you're able to put the same great message out. And hey, the fact that the business has benefited through all this is kind of crazy, but also good. Now, I want to talk about that cult following that you just described and hark back to a point that I mentioned I would bring up again. These specific 
content creators, partners, people, sneakerheads. Now, as I said up top, my shoe game is not as strong as others, but in this case, the main influencers, the main influencers, in fact, all of the influencers that you work with probably are sneakerheads. So I have to wonder and ask you this question also pretty straight on because some folks see influencers as pretty much paid spokespeople, you know, as you said up at the top, you know, posting content, a platform for that versus a true partner. Now, people follow sneakerheads religiously. So right. for you, how have you observed influencers in your corner of the world um, being used? And it doesn't have to be just as Foot Locker, but in terms of footwear world, I mean, do you observe them to be true partners? Do you observe some to be really just sort of those paid spokespeople who are getting a bag because they wear cool shoes? I'd just like to know your perspective. Yeah, I, I think it's always a bit of a mixed bag and you really have to do your research to figure out who are those authentic partners going to be um, to make sure that endorsement feels very real and very authentic. Um, you know, there's too many programs where it's just someone posting and it's just frankly very transactional. I think the more that you can get into figuring out where that brand love, love exists is really um the best way forward for that brand to translate again uh, for us, that being the retail brand, um, because there's many places you can go buy a pair of Nike Air Maxes. We really need to sell the consumer on why Foot Locker is the best destination for them to get the best depth and breadth of Nike Air Max, for instance, right? Right. Um, so really for us, that authenticity, it has to be sort of front and center, um, and it's not just sort of the authenticity to being a sneakerhead, but why our family of brands is the right choice. Um, I think there's a ton of really, really passionate influencers within this space, probably more than others, I would even say. Uh, so we are very fortunate to be working with sort of a sexy product, a product that people really want. They're not just looking for that money to get it. Uh, so I think we've been able to really navigate paid opportunities as well as in-kind opportunities, um, which has been super helpful because, you know, there's not always a, a massive budget to just pay people, right? So right. Um, fortunately in sneakers, there's oftentimes people really just want to get their hands on that hot product with or without payment. Um, I think we've gotten into a really excellent cadence of making sure that the items we need to market in any given season get their love. While we still find the right times to really surprise and delight our strongest influencer partners with really high heat launches that they are absolutely going to be so thrilled about. Um, so it's sort of a mix, I would say. And, it, and that really leads us to uh, a very authentic place. And then in a, a bit more of a normal year, I would say we also do a ton of brand experiences where you might just sort of naturally find uh, very influential people and they, they would be enthusiastic to attend. Um, I would say we don't sort of blanket statement. We don't pay people to attend our events or activations. Um, we really are looking for people that want to be there and want to have that brand experience. Uh, for instance, we often do what we call wear tests at pretty um, incredible courts, one of which might be like MSG or during the summer months, we might even do it at an outdoor court like Dykeman, right? Um, we get such incredible turnout for those types of events where it's really come have this brand experience with us. 
Uh, and that's all fully in kind. Those are those are people that want to be there and are are just really getting an exchange of a cool pair of shoes and an, a really awesome day on the court. Yeah, I was we were I know we were talking about that a little bit pre-interview, but that has to be one of the cooler activations I heard of. Uh, come come try things out on on a real court, you know, whether it be the garden or, or, or elsewhere. You know, if if I were if I were in that world, right? If I were a, a YouTuber and I talked about shoes or you know whatever, if I were interested, if I were a past college basketball player, right? If I played for the Owls and I wanted to get more involved, that would be a really cool way to do so. And now that we are progressing into twenty one, there seems to be some light at the end of the tunnel with COVID. We're not sure, but you know that would be nice, and it would be nice for you, I'm sure, because you can get some more of these activations done live. I got to ask now, looking ahead. How do you foresee this program, which has had a first half of its life be like blossoming and the second half of its life be subject to this blessing as we've defined, how do you see the program progressing beyond this year with both sides of the experience under your belt? Yeah, uh, gosh, so much to think about there. And I think there's just endless territory to sort of dive into uh, the, the best part about many of these influencers um, is that they're really true creatives. And if you give them the opportunity to be creative and not just pay them to post, you come up with some really interesting avenues that you might not have thought of yourself, right? So I think really what we've tried to make an emphasis of doing is sharing with that creator what the goal is of any given campaign, what the messaging is, and really then giving them the latitude to figure out how they want to translate that message back to their audience in a way that they know is going to be really relevant and engaging. I think when brands are providing branded content that's sort of packaged and they're just asking influencers to repost it, um, the engagement rates just tend to be so much lower So I would say future forward for us, less content posting and more content creation. Um, You know, I think when we get back to sort of a space of normalcy, if you will, as far as in-person events, we definitely also use our influencers as personalities or um, talent for different live events, whether that's something around NBA All-Star, for instance, would be a big moment for us that we tend to tap a ton of influencers Um, We also have been using influencers as talent for a number of our like content or spots. Um, So where we used to use just mainly larger NBA athletes or, you know, different musical artists, we've also really started to integrate more of these social influencers that people really still know and love and like to engage with. Um, And then I would say another area of opportunity that we really haven't taken a deep dive into just yet would be really looking at leveraging our influencers as affiliates. Um, Lots of sort of rich territory there. Candidly, we have an affiliate team um, at Foot Locker. It's not something that we've done is really like work very closely together yet. I think that's, again, just with my team sort of being more in its infancy at Foot Locker, we've got some dots to connect there, but that's just a big area of opportunity for us in, in the coming years. And then lastly, I would say really product, um, you know, Foot Locker, again, being a retailer that sells many brands, we're always looking to really expand the different brands that we offer to our consumers. And one of the ways in which we've really been doing that is through a very localized program called Homegrown. 
And so this would bring local brands and local products into Foot Locker LA or Foot Locker New York, for instance. Um, so we might be bringing in someone like Viva La Bonita that resonates very well in LA or um, you know, someone like Perico Unlimited in New York. Very localized brands that are frankly run by very influential people. But this helps us translate our brand in more meaningful ways locally. So I would say there's just endless opportunity on that front as well. Um, on a more national scale, Foot Action actually just launched a collection for women with B. Simone. So this happens both locally and nationally. And it's, it's definitely a rich territory for us moving forward is really around product development with these influencers. There are plenty of opportunities, and I've heard of, uh, you know, out, even outside of footwear, those creators who are not only able to uh, create great content with folks, but also get deeply involved with product. It's not hard to go on lists of some of the more successful content creators or influencers over the past couple of years, and you will see people who have launched lines, who have gotten products in at whatever, a retailer or something like that. And so I think it's a very interesting place and affiliates right along with that. So that's sure. good that you're thinking about those. And I'm sure we'll all see how that develops, especially as uh, your program develops. The final question I want to ask is around advice. Normally, I ask folks, how do you find your own path to authenticity? But we're, we're doing a little more targeted conversation today. And so instead, what I want to do is flip it a little bit and say, what makes for the ideal influencer to work with, in your opinion, and how can somebody achieve that? Yeah, it's a great question. I would say most importantly, the influencer needs to be genuine and true to themselves. Um, you know, if you're just taking anything that comes your way that has a check attached to it, it probably is not going to resonate with your audience. And so when the company that's paying you starts to look at engagement rate and click through and conversion, it's not going to be there because it's not going to be something that resonates to your audience. So I would say as you grow your platforms, just really stay true to yourself, authentic to yourself and really authentic to your audience. Um, that's probably priority number one. Beyond that, I would say really being um, a personality is incredibly important. Uh, and I mean that both sort of to the public on their channels, but also to the business people like myself that they're interacting with. I think it's it's just so important to have really strong working relationships, you know, very similar to the PR half of my role where a, a huge chunk of my day is really spent dedicated to building relationships with media. It's the same thing here. I, I want to have those authentic working friendships with the influencers we're working with. So it's really an open dialogue. And I think that personality side to it is just incredibly important. Um, and then I guess two others, I would say being like a change maker or really having action oriented content is really where we're headed. I think there's so much rich territory there. And again, just um, going back to some of the conversation around um, really our social action initiatives for the years to come. Uh, we want influencers who feel strongly about those topics as well and, and want to help us achieve them. Um, so really helping us understand what's important to them and their community and helping us drive that conversation through their channels is just a huge area of opportunity. 
And then finally, I would say, I've said this a few times now, but being a content creator versus just a content poster is really where we want to go. I think it's killing two birds with one stone, if you will. Uh, We don't need to hire someone to then create the content and have another person post it. It's sort of that all-in-one package, um, jack of all trades, if you will. I think um, it's really just such an incredible asset to have those skills. And I encourage anyone who wants to get into this space to really um, focus their attention and energy there as they grow their platforms. And as with any class of creator, especially in the sneakerhead world, that comes through strongly. And so I appreciate the advice you have there. Uh, listeners, if any of you are an aspiring sneakerhead who would like to work uh, with somebody like a Foot Locker, this is a good uh, piece of advice to have. And if you are working in a brand, you know, listen to that part of the advice as well. You know, having a personality is always important, personal brand or professional brand, doesn't matter. So, just as this year has been, as you said, a blessing to you, it's been a blessing to have you share some of that with me today. Tell me a little bit more about the Foot Locker story, what is yet to come. And uh, and for now, all I can say is thanks so much, Sarah, for the time. It was great to learn from you and I uh, can't wait to see what else you have coming down the pike. Thank you, Adam. I had a great time. I appreciate it. Every time I do an interview with somebody in the footwear space, it reminds me that I should strengthen my shoe game. It's not non-existent, but it's, it's really not there. Thanks, Sarah. And thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in and listening today. If you like what you heard, I'd suggest you subscribe wherever you listen. Leave a rating and review, too. If you're on Apple Podcasts and you do that, I'll read it at the top of the show. And you can also connect with me elsewhere, of course. I do a lot of LinkedIn, Adam Connor, also Authentic Avenue, of course, is where you can find me. I'm on TikTok now and then, doing things a little bit more informally. I'm also planning on doing a couple of live podcasts to talk about this journey in general. That's TikTok at Authentic Adam. And finally, most formal of all, email. <laughs> email adam at authenticavenuemedia.com. Let me know if you have a suggestion for the show, somebody who you think should be on, or if you've been thinking about building your own podcast. I certainly have a heck of a lot of experience there and can share it with you. This has been your host, Adam Connor, saying until I get real again with you, thanks for taking a walk with me down on Authentic Avenue.